Dude, so it's finally here. The debut album, State of Being. Yeah. Finally coming out. Does it feel like a big a big relief? A big release, a big weight off your back? Everything everything you just mentioned, yes. <laughs> that that's the easy answer. Yeah, you know what? It, it's been a long time in the making. The big thing about this though is we wanted to do it right. It's our debut album, so we need to do things the way we envisioned it. And uh, that's exactly what we did. So we took the extra time to do that. We got the perfect producer, the right team of people behind it and uh, it worked out awesome. We're very excited about it. Producer wasn't too tough. Hey, bro, what are you doing? Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, my brother, Jay Van Buderon, he's recorded some pretty big artists, you know, from Nickelback. He's recording the new Simple Plan right now. He's lots of A-list bands, right? But, um, you know, he's always been into metal because of me. So he really, really, really wanted to make this one special, right? Because uh, he's going off into a genre that he doesn't usually record. And right. he nailed it. He killed it. Look, one other question I was kind of surprised about when I saw the new album. What happened to Byron Stroud? Byron, what did happen with him? He's, he's a brother. Everything's great. But for personal reasons, family reasons, stuff like that, there was no way he could commit to the touring cycle. And okay. we're, we're going to go out there for a crap load of touring. We're going to tour our butts off, right? So, so it, it just, it didn't, the album cycle, what it demanded, he, he, he was straight up with us. He's like, I'm, I won't be able to commit. He loves the band, loves the music, but he's being straight up, you know? And it's like, we don't want to take out a, a touring bass player and then say, but Byron's in the band, you know? It's it's all in or, or all out. So. Right, that makes sense. A couple of guest spots on the album. Yeah. Jen's doing some vocals. Yeah. That's, was that an easy phone call? Is he an old friend? He's a, a very good friend, actually. And um, yeah, I never want to say things are easy because we're very honored to have any anyone guest on the record. But yeah, I've been friends with Jens for forever, right? And so asking him was almost a little bit weird because the friendship comes before, you know, the guest appearance. So one of the first things I said is I don't want this to be awkward. You can easily say no, but here's a song. We would love for you to guest on it, you know? And uh, he's like, love to, you know? And, and he said, you know, if you like my vocals, use them, kind of thing, right? And uh, of course, yeah. And he absolutely killed it. It sounds amazing. I can't wait for you guys to hear that song. And then uh, same with uh, Johannes from Avatar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Johannes again, another uh, good friend, great guy, and uh, again, you know, incredible voice, and we we love what he does and, and uh, his approach to vocals. And both those vocalists, the really cool thing about it is we really thought about how their voices would sound with John's. And that's why we went for those guys in particular. It wasn't just because they're friends. I, I know lots of other singers who are, you know, famous musicians as well. But those two guys in particular, we thought would be a great match with John's voice. And that's exactly what it ended up being. Are they like trading off verses or doing choruses together? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a trade-off thing, right? And yeah, in, in one of the songs, there's, there's a, a verse, a little bit of a verse trade-off. In both songs, there's chorus trade-offs. So it's it's really cool. I'm very excited to for everyone to hear this for sure. Yeah, I can't wait to hear those. You had mentioned it before, hitting the road hard when this album comes out. When the album comes out, you're going to actually be in Europe. Yeah. When you look in stateside, Southern California-ish. 100%. Uh, to be honest, hard? it's it's like the states is a huge goal for us because, you know, when we're looking at our analytics and stuff, it's pretty much our biggest following, like our biggest amount of hits uh -huh. and stuff are coming from the U.S. So 100%, we're looking into that. And, and I'll tell you right now, like the goal is to try and land something in the summer because we get back from this tour basically at the start of May from Europe. And then, uh, you know, the next thing we want to do is hit the states. So we're looking into all the different opportunities right now. I, of course, go into 
talk, that I'm talking to you, being Canadian, being a drummer, RIP Mr. Neil Pert, thoughts? Oh man, that was, that was shocking, it's a first thing. 67, come on, that's, that's young, right? And, um, Way too young. Here's the thing is, Neil Peart was my first massive drum influence and, you know, probably my biggest influence ever as far as drumming goes. But not only that, you know, he was a lyricist too. Yeah. And, um, Do you write lyrics too? For the band? I wrote all the lyrics for really? State of Being, except for the song Instinct, which John wrote the lyrics for. And it's just been a, a passion of mine. And, you know, the reason it was done that way is because Brian and I, we wrote all this music, the majority of the album, that is, you know, before other members were even there. So I put in my melodies. I, I wrote all the melodies for the record, vocal melodies and lyrics as well. Right. Wow. Because, but again, getting back to the Neil Peart thing, he was an influence of that. Another drummer who wrote the lyrics for the band. Yeah. I thought, man, I love that, you know, and I started doing that from a young age. And now it's kind of a dream come true to be able to do that for a monolith, right? So, yeah, it's really cool. But with Neil, it's that. 67's young. And, um, you know, to see your, your biggest drum hero pass away the way he did, it was, it, yeah, it sucks, man. It just plain sucks, you know. But at the same time, um, you can live on through, you'll live on through his music. And, and he was such a massive influence and inspiration to many that you'll never be forgotten. Yeah. Never. You know, if, for some of the uh, younger listeners, what would you recommend if they wanted to get acquainted with Neil? What, give, give a good drum song. Be like, why? You know what? I think anything off moving pictures, just, you know, never mind a, a, a specific song, just get moving pictures. There's so many great drum parts on that album, you know, from YYZ to Limelight, you know, Red Brachetta has some cool hi hat work. Yeah. You know, there's like, it's just endless, right? You know, Tom Sawyer is obvious. You know, if there was one song, though, it's not from that album, but La Villa Strangato. Oh, yeah. That was the one that uh, was the hardest one for me to learn when I was a kid, but I learned it. That's, that's, a, that's a good one for drumming. Speaking of drumming, let, let me get you a little philosophical question. As a drummer, do you keep time or are you making time? It's a combination of the two. You know, like, let's, let's face the facts. It's like, I, I am making time uh, and I obviously am keeping time. That's my job. But the thing is, man, you got to be the heartbeat of the, the song. You got to be the heartbeat of the band. You, you have to be on top of it. More importantly, play for the song. So if you're making time or keeping time, the reason you're doing that is so the song can flow, so that it's memorable, so that you're providing this huge background for the rest of the instruments to do the thing, create the melodies and all that stuff, right? And uh, so that's how I've always approached drumming, is I know it's my job to be a timekeeper. That's a given. You know, that's why even with my drum students, they all practice the metronomes, you know? But in making the time, you know, that's, that's an interesting way of putting it, right? But um, I think collectively, it's all about providing that backbone for everyone else to make that song magical and you contribute wherever you can. And ultimately, you're driving the ship, though. It is. You're steering it. 100% you are, you know? Last one for you. I've been joking about uh, 2020 being hashtag the year of reunion. So I always like to get talk a little music and, and fan out a little bit. Curious, because we have all these reunions going on this year, kind of curious out of, out of the four that I think of in the rock world, which one you're most excited about? We got the Black Crows, we got Motley Crue, we got Rage Against the Machine, and My Chemical Romance, let's say. You know what? Growing up, I was a massive, massive, massive Motley Crue fan. Tommy Lee, come on. Tommy Lee. You know, um, our guitar player, Kai Hoopin, played in Methods of Man right. with Tommy Lee, right? right. So, um, 
but that's not the reason why. I, I, that's why he's know, in the band, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you play with Tommy Lee, you're in. Um, no, you know what? I, I even though they said they would never play together again, uh, I, I'd love to, to catch Molly Crew one more time because I never saw him on their final tour. You know, and I'd seen him a bunch of times, and you know, growing up, they always have a special part. You know, in uh, my childhood upbringing with music, you know, and uh, Molly Crew was part of that. So yeah, I'm excited for that. And you know what? They put on a great show. Who cares about what they said? Hey, if they're going to go out there and they're going to put on a phenomenal show and, and make a lot of people happy, good on them. So, see, I'm that other guy. I'm the, I'm the scorn fan. I am the guy that they were really my gateway band into metal. And I bought tickets to the farewell show, went to two different dates, and thought they were really done because they made such a big deal about it. Yeah. More than most people. And for them to come back, I do feel a little bit burned, but be there when it right i got till i got till september to get over it i guess you know and that's the thing i get that side of it too you know but for for the guy who didn't see any of the, those shows because i was on tour i couldn't see him you know so uh hey i the, the other side of the coin is i guess i get a shot you know right. but who knows i might be on tour with a monolith and get screwed over twice so yeah no, he's just here. last one for you it's kind of kind of related to that you know motley coming coming back after going on the farewell tour four or five years later as rock fans to no longer believe any band when they go on rock, uh, on a farewell tour like what do I do about Slayer now I was at the final date of the Slayer show right. at the forum am I supposed to just prepare myself mentally for them to come back in a few years or is that different or is it case by case or is it all hogwash you know what it's certainly looking like it's all hogwash right you know but I don't know it's it's different it's a case by case scenario um, some bands are they're going to do it you know Rush said they were going to do it. And you know what? I really believe, unfortunately, Neil passed away. But I don't think they would have ever gone back together because Neil wanted to start enjoying life. So yeah. they, they stayed true, you know, and they, they did. There was never, ever talk. They'll be the one band that never does, that never comes back. Yeah, and, you know, for unfortunate reasons. But, um, yeah, it's hard to say. I think that's a case-by-case thing. You know, if I'll tell you this. When I decide to hang up the sticks on a professional level of touring and stuff, um, when I make that decision myself, I'm going to stick to it because there, there will be a reason behind it. But, you know, if I feel I could do more or whatever, I'd rather instead of saying that, you know, hey, it's done, we're not we're not going to ever reunite again, I would just say I'd rather put it on uh, on hold, on hiatus. Right. Let's see what happens. Right. You know, and then if it's like, no, this is it, then you do a handful of really cool shows and call it quits. That's how I'd approach it. But, you know what, for all the other bands, they do what they do and, uh, you know, it sucks for the fans, I guess. Yeah. You know, because, like, you have a very good point to, like, what you said. I agree. But uh, it's really hard to say these days. Yeah. And now it's coming around. You know, it's funny to just go through it with Motley and then on the heels of that Slayer now, too. And it's just like, yeah. I just tell myself, like, they'll be back. They'll be, and if they are going to do anything again, it would be, of course, in L.A., their hometown. Of course. So, and, you know, I guess, I guess if anyone, i got to mentally prepare for that yeah. versus somebody else. Well, dude, always a blast talking to you. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios,